Going with one six and oh eight into did the Hellman push and just they, those guys were fucking ripping it up. Which is the same thing that I remember my recruiter telling me about Afghanistan. It's like, oh yeah, I went I went to Afghanistan. It's like those those guys don't know what they're doing. Like basically like shooting hot potatoes at it. like there there was no like yeah sense of. Uh, you got to be prepared for this. Was our, it was like it was a the the talk was it was a joke yeah. until about late oh seven oh eight. Well, even if you were there, so we had uh, a lead into the conversation. So um, my buddy was one of the earliest ETTs, the embedded trainer teams, and it was a buzzsaw, like oh five oh six. And if you talk to like the army units that were there, I mean, it was they were dealing with the corn gall. They were dealing with like no one was in Helmand. The British were right, getting, right, yeah. And when I say that, I mean the yeah. Marine Corps. Yeah, the Marine Corps. No, I agree. With, that's what I'm saying. Is like no one knew. Like unless you had been there, it wasn't even on the news. Like you didn't. No one knew. Like. Mm-hmm. So like, that's when I told my brother, I'm like, you're going to be a boot. He ended up going into like the like heaviest fighting, reinvading Helmand province. And they're like, his whole company was almost black on ammo. Dude, he's told me some wild stories, like complete, complete villages that were strongholds. Like you're walking, you're like, oh, nope, nope. We just drive through because you can't even stop. Yeah. And they were doing some wild stuff. And, um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so. I tell him, tell him that we end up starting to get all the after actions in the sniper platoon. So we're like, whoa, wait, we're here in, uh, I think it was two, seven and one, six. We start getting all their sniper after actions. And we were like, we need to get there now. Like how, how do I volunteer? Because they were doing, they were killing platoon size elements of Taliban. Like they're like, oh yeah, we lined all the guns up and we just started wasting people. I mean, that's not what the after action said, but you know, it was, they started to have the, the, to work in two man or sorry, two teams because they didn't want to get overrun when they started engaging targets. Like we were like, this is, oh, we're like, wow, we need to get there now. And then we start hearing about like dudes, like the, the convoy, I think it was a Marine. I always wanted to follow up with it. It was in Marine Corps times. He, he was awarded the Navy cross. It was a box magazine M14. He had, he was a DDM, 20 shots, 20 kills. Do you ever remember hearing about that? I think so. I, I can't remember, remember tying any names. I, to yeah. It, I don't but. know that. I just remember it being on like, a, I was like, wow. And this was, I was, so we were, this was like, this was happening. I was trying to, I was like, okay, we got to figure this out. I was in this really weird uh, transition period where I actually had applied for film school. Like I was going to go to the Art Institute for motion graphics and animation to become a CGI artist because I figured that would be the best way at that time in 08 um, to get into the film industry and like Hollywood and stuff like that. And it would, you'd get paid like right out the gate. Like it's the best job to have. It still is actually. Um, And so I had applied for that. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm out. I declared myself out of the platoon. They offered me chief scout and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like I'm, I did my time. I kind of just accepted it. Like, Hey, it's time to move on. Afghanistan stamp started popping off. Um, I had heard about the advisor teams as soon as we got back. And I just was like, eh, blew it off. I was like, man, maybe whatever. And so a few months later, I declared myself out of sniper platoon. I'm about to be like, okay, I'm trying to get back. I, you know, trying to get back into Afghanistan. And then suddenly, um, my buddy, I don't even know how, I don't even remember how I heard about it. There's the advisor teams have been formed up already in July. This was about August. And 
I still don't know how I heard it. I heard there was an opening on the one team. Like it was an E4 slot, E5 slot. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I called my buddy Maddie and I'm like, bro, what's going on? I heard somebody dropped. He literally goes, I don't know how you heard about that. That happened like four hours ago. <laughs> and I didn't know either. Like I, to this day, I can't tell you how I, re- how I found out. So I call up uh, the ETTs. I'm like talking to them, you know, and um, it's kind of a fun story. Cause what happened was, is, is they only need one guy. And there was, I was basically, I, I thought I was good to go. Cause I was going to go to regiment. So then I could then get on the team. It would be my choice. Well, come to find out, Three, three didn't want to let me go. They weren't, they didn't tell me this. So I, the word goes up to my Sergeant major for me to go on these teams denies it. And I'm like, what the fuck would he deny that? They're trying to pull me to go back to Iraq because I was a, since, you know, I was a super boot. I deployed so early. I had a bunch more, t- I had like almost 18 months left on my contract yeah. after two deployments, which is unheard of. Typically only I have like eight months left or, uh, you know, whatever. So he was going to pull me back to Iraq for three months and then send me back home to, and to, to check out. And I'm like, there, I w- that was like my nightmare. Like you're going to send me to somewhere. There's no action while Afghanistan's going off. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So long story short, uh, I, I meet up with the ETT guys. I said, Hey, save the spot for me, which is the, the better train, train teams yep. get into that just a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And so I, Talked to my buddy Herman and uh, he wasn't my buddy at the time, but he was a staff sergeant. I was like, save that spot for me. I'm going to go request mass. And so that was the, I, you know, and so my, my first sergeant found out he was super cool. He's a former recon dude. So he was like, yeah. Uh, he's like, if you get denied by the sergeant major, when you request to go come to me, I will help you write the request mass to the battalion commander. And so I did, I was like, I don't want to be here. Anymore. I want to go to the next war. Like, why are you stopping me from doing this? So he was absolutely, he's like, absolutely. And then like, at the time my platoon sergeant in sniper platoon didn't want me there. Cause I'd already wanted to get out. So it's like, why would you keep someone around that didn't even want right. to be there? So and I didn't want to be there either. So I ended up um, requesting mass, got in front of the battalion commander. I pled my case, which wasn't hard. And MARSOC had formed up. So I kind of used that. I was like, oh, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, uh, thinking about re, you know, uh, re-enlisting and going to MARSOC. And he's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I, before I said that, you know, he, I was like, I'd like to, you know, I've done my time. I've excelled. I'm a scout sniper. I was a team leader. You know, I've done two deployments, you know, honorably, you know, through all that stuff in there with the, with three, three. And I would like to go on to the next thing, which is go fight in Afghanistan and on these advisor teams. And he didn't even hesitate. He goes, Oh, that's great. He goes, that's awesome. He goes, I was, I was in a mitt team, you know, which is another advising team in Iraq. You know, I don't know too much about him, but he was yeah. a part of one of those. And, uh, he's like, absolutely. You know, and then he asked me, he's like, you, you plan on staying in? I was like, yep, I'm thinking about re-enlisting, going Mars. I was oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like put the cherry Here on top. Sign the, yeah, so, yeah, signs the paper, hands it to me, go to the Sergeant Major. Sergeant Major's fucking livid. Of course. And so, yeah, of course. And so he, uh, I, you know, I, he goes, Dangle, get out there. I'm like, oh shit. You know, I'm getting yelled at Sergeant Major. He looks at me. He goes, are you fucking happy now? I said, yes, Sergeant Major. He goes, good. Signs, he goes, get the fuck out of my office. And I was like, Oh, grab it. Roll on out. My, now my good friend, now Herman, who was, I didn't know him, at, know him very well. He, I just knew he was on the advisor team. He calls him in, choose his ass for like 10, 15 minutes. He comes back out. Herman comes back out. I'm like, Hey, sorry about that. Ask you. And like, I got, you know, he's like, Herman's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then I was like, why? And he goes, yeah, the Sergeant Major chewed my ass. And he told me, he goes, why are you pulling my best guy to go to fucking, you know, I need him for Iraq and you're pulling him to go to Afghanistan. You're pulling one of my best guys. And I was like, 
Oh, I didn't even, I thought Sergeant Major hated me. I didn't even know. Uh, I, didn't, I know. I was uh, like, oh, well, thanks, Sergeant Major. Major. That's sweet Yeah, of you. I was like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, that's weird. I don't know how I feel about this, you know? So, um, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, so then, yeah, I got on the uh, advisor teams. So I guess we can start there and and explain what the advisor teams were. Um, but a small contingent of Marines. Yep. Yep. So basically what that happened was is in Afghanistan through the years, it basically is a, like the Green Berets came in in 2001 and it's a, the force multiplier mission, the FID mission. Um, and so they go in, they train the Afghans, they build up the Afghan army so that they can then fight the Taliban and uh, Al-Qaeda and everything within the country. Well, over the years, everything shifted from Afghanistan to Iraq. So what happened was, is a bunch of, uh, there wasn't enough people to cover down on the advisor missions. So the Marine Corps ended up supplementing basically kind of like the SF teams to take over the Afghan National Army soldiers to be combat advisors. So we would train them up just like SF and, or not like SF, but like uh, that same mission is where we take them over, train them, and then we go into combat and patrol and do all this other stuff in, in all these valleys in Afghanistan. And then like the Air Force took over like logistics advising. Um, National Guard did like, uh, they did like the Afghan National Police, I think, um, you know, even like Navy SEALs did the same thing. Like they, they was, you know, different. They were there. That was a, like a mission. Yeah. Because yeah. It was Afghanistan yeah. is, is yeah. such a weird place mm -hmm. and it's culturally so much different yep. than anything that we're yep. accustomed to. And it's like, completely decentralized too. Yes. Every you have different. to have yep. interactions with local allies. Yep. In order to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's no other way to go about business. A absolutely. Yeah. And that was, I mean, honestly, in that whole tour, like, you know, so I, we went into that, we were trained up on, you know, all the weapon systems. Like that was a really awesome train up. And it wasn't even, and it was like watered down too, from like what it used to be. So, um, they used to do like, uh, the four by four training or like, uh, they'd go in the mountains, do all that stuff. We kind of got like a watered down Humvee one of that, but like they did, uh, we did all the T triple C, we did, um, all the, the combat trauma lanes, which were amazing. I'd never done them. You know, it's like, you know, I was in sniper platoon. So when my buddies got to go do that in the infantry, that was cool, but I never, we were off doing other stuff. Right. And uh, we did call, you know, call for fire. We did air support. We knew medevacs. We knew everything in the back of our hand. We knew satcoms. We knew radios. We knew everything. It was, and then plus the mission we had to do, which was then train the Afghans and then go and fight alongside them in these valleys. And so it was wild. It was really cool. Um, and that pretty much like that deployment and that all those experiences like literally just changed though my whole life trajectory. Um, I was uh, on a, on the, on the teams, we had a special forces major that ended up taking over our team because our Lieutenant Colonel, he had to go advise like another higher CANDAC, like the super high yeah. level. And so they pulled him cause he was awesome dude. So they pulled him to go do that mission. Well, you have a special forces major on your team, he's going to take over your advisory team. Like yeah. you, it's not like a bid for someone else, you know, like, so, um, he ran us like an ODA. He was awesome, dude. Great guy. Major Rocco Barnes. Sadly, he was killed in a rollover. Um, about, I think it was about six months. Oh no, probably seven, eight months into our deployment. But we'd worked with contractors, uh, worked with the French foreign legion, Norwegian special forces, army national, or so army special forces, national guard, I ended up getting attached to a special forces team, uh, active duty, um, that needed to liaison so they could operate. Like they weren't allowed to operate in our AO without like 
Afghans, which is crazy to be like, oh, special forces isn't allowed to operate, but that's why we ended up liaisoning with them. So I ended up becoming the liaison and took over the recon platoon, which was kind of like the special forces platoon of Afghans, um, so that they could operate in the valley alongside us and do all this other stuff. So I ended up getting attached to a 10th group. Uh, special forces team. And um, yeah, it was just, it changed everything. I knew all about contracting. I wanted to, you know, pursue like that life and, and uh, possibly intelligence and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it opened up everything. Cause you see the big picture and then you see the small picture and you see what's going yeah. on everywhere. It just, it's like, just like turning on the light and you can see everything. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's super wild. unique because it is, yeah. you, you don't get that in the yeah. Marine Corps. Like, and also too, the Marine Corps keeps you in your, in oh, your yeah. tunnel of you're yep. just a warrior. You don't yep. need to know the larger mission. You exactly. don't need to know the larger landscape. It's just like, yep. we're just going to point in a direction and you go and fight. Exactly. And so that that's super interesting that you were able to, to get that other perspective of, of what could potentially yep. be a role. Yeah. And that, and that too, you find out what other people do like in the military, like you just, you weren't exposed to that kind of stuff. Right. Like, stuff. like you're, you're very siloed in the Marine yeah, Corps. It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is. Yeah. You, if you're an infantry grunt in the Marine Corps, you're living in a bubble. Yep. Exactly. 100%. And so that was kind of like the big change in experience. It also was big boy rules. Also it was my third deployment. So like, like everything just kept stacking on itself for experience. So we end up taking on like, like just myself and my, my buddies that we were with, like we took on this awesome responsibility and they relied a lot of like a lot of the guys on the team, as well as like higher ranking, like officers and, and, uh, NCOs were looking to us because we were the only like combat vets. We had some other NCOs that were combat vets by all means, but like we were the ones out on patrol constantly because the other ones feel like, you know, they, they, you know, do the NCO or staff NCO stuff or the officers have to do, you know, work with the hire, mm -hmm. Well, we're the ones on the ground all the time. Time. And that's where like people want to be at. Right. So, but it was crazy because no one else had the combat experience that we would end up joining up with. So we had like these Air Force Master Sergeants, Air Force Majors and Captains, and they're coming up to me and I'm 22 by this point on my third pump. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what my, this is what I do this is my life. And they come up, they're like, Hey, uh, what, what can I do to tell me where to go? Is it okay if I'm here? Is it okay if I do this? I'm like, you're a grown ass man. <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same time though, they're looking to me and looking to my other buddies that are like, I'm here. I don't want to get killed, but I'm on this patrol and I don't want to weigh you down. And it was, it was wild. Like it was wild to see people like look at me and look at my friends and we're like, you're the ones like you guys are you're it. You're the ones on the, you're the ones that we're turning to when this goes to shit. And when it went to shit, they're there. We are the ones that they turn to. Yeah. And it was, it was wild. It was weird. When you were on the ground there, did, did you get this sense that this is a different fight? The, all, some of the TTPs are going to work here, but it's, it's a different atmosphere oh, yeah. altogether. Absolutely. In fact, that was my biggest, uh, biggest thing was, um, like when you walked into Afghanistan immediately right away, cause it was way different than Iraq. Like when people are like, ah, you know, counterinsurgency, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. The, these are in my own head. And, and, you know, I'm sure people argue with me about it, but to me, it, those are two completely different wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. They are like, sure. they're one's urban and one's like, I don't want to say it's conventional. It's still counterinsurgency, but there's conventional tactics and it's, it's wild. And you have to respect the terrain. The terrain is a massive player. In Iraq, the terrain 
it wasn't, it wasn't like you can, you know, on, on a flat urban setting, you know what I mean? Like you can round houses, you can get to cover, you can, you know, there's obviously kill zones and stuff like that, but you can go house to house and find like Afghanistan, your ass is hanging in the breeze and they will overrun you in a heartbeat. And they're coming down from mountains and these guys can move and they move fast. Yeah. So you have to be res- fighting their entire Oh lives. yeah. And that's the other thing too, is like, it was like a respect. Like it was like, it's one thing when you have like a shithead kid or whatever in Al Qaeda and all that, but like not saying I fully respected like the Taliban or what they stood for, but you respected it as like a warrior. You respected it as like a, a guy that's been in war and, and like they, you understood, you had to respect the terrain. You had to respect the enemy because if you didn't, they were going to fucking tear you inside out. And they had, and they, they did multiple times over the years. So it wasn't like a theory. It happened. Like they'd shot down birds. You've seen all the stories and all the books I've written about. It, and we knew about that already. So it was like, you didn't come in being like, ah, we're Americans. We're going to kick some ass here. No, they, the, the, like uh, a few months before we got there, the French got overrun because they came down from the, the high ground and tore through them. The Norwegians had to go in and get the bodies out because the French government refused to go get their own bodies. And so when you come into this, into like a buzzsaw like that, you have to respect it in some aspect. Because if you don't and you think you're going to like, oh, I'm American, I'm a Marine, I'll, I'll do just fine. You're going to get your ass handed to you. And um, so when we were out there, you know, that's that definitely like got into our mindset. So we were ready for that. Like we were ready. Every single vehicle was Alamode. We had uh, dual guns on on the turrets. We had saws in the back seat. We had 2,000, 3,000 rounds of ammunition. We were carrying M4-203s. We had, I had my sniper rifle. Like we had- you Were, were you carrying an M40? No, I was carrying an M14A1. Oh, okay. Sorry, M14 synthetic stock. And I also had an M4203. So it was kind of like, you know, and we knew SATCOMs. I knew I could call in medevacs on the back of my hand. I had to call in medevacs under fire. I had to call in medevacs in the blind because other radio waves like would I couldn't receive, but I could transmit. And, you know, calling in air support, all that stuff. Like you had to know because if you didn't, you were alone out there. And if your radio was your lifeline, then you had to understand if you had, didn't have visual line of sight, then you had to know SATCOM. If you didn't know SATCOM, you're fucked. And if you didn't have your, we had our, our backup was in the sat phone. If that didn't work, you use the cell phone. So we had four different types of communication and we understood all that. And it was, you know, and some people rolled in, were just like, whatever. And they got their shit kicked in. And cause they don't know the valleys. There's right. one road in one road out and that we don't own the high ground. And, um, and you, you know, like, like I said, Iraq, you know, we take, you know, we, we get into a firefight or something like that. You can punch into a building, take cover, take the building, you know, whatever. You're not doing that. If you're in the kill zone or they have the high ground and you're trying to maneuver around, yeah, you don't have to maneuver for like a click to get out of the kill zone. And what and that's full kit. That's, you know, you don't get to just round a corner and take cover, you know? And so yeah, everywhere you're always monitoring the terrain. You're always seeing, you know, what what's the best, if we get shot at, what, where do we jump to? Where do we take cover at? And when you have the high ground, it's very hard. Or when they have the high ground, which they always typically had, you know, you had to really, you know, take your time and observe everything that was going on. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a different fight. It's a completely different fight. It's a whole nother animal. That's, I mean, like, and over the years, I mean, Afghanistan too, the, 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 the crazy thing about it is it's so beautiful, like up in the Northeast. I loved it. I mean, I have a, I've made a photo book of all the pictures that I took and it was, it was awesome. I showed it, finally showed it to my wife and family and they're like, oh, this is why like you missed it. Or this is why I still miss it. Um, the history, the culture, the, the beauty that's out there. But at the same time you have, you know, like it, we, it was, it was like surreal. Like you don't, you know, you think of shitholes of like, you know, of, of Iraq and all the stuff that we did there. I hated Iraq. 
Iraq, but like Afghanistan, it was like this beauty mixed with like this crazy amount of war and danger that we encountered. Um, yeah, the, yeah. the scope and scale yeah. for where you were at just is, is grandiose. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. grandiose. And, yeah, and on yeah. top of that, the, the concept of <clears throat> what you were trying to do, it was also very grandiose. Yeah. And that's, what's wild is we were like, we were alone and this was before the, the, the Afghans started turning on the advisors. So I remember I slept in a giant tent with like 30, 40 Afghans with my team leader, with Rocco. And we'd spend the night there because we were checking up on them. Yeah. Didn't have one. I didn't wear body armor. We like, we trusted them so much that like, it was crazy. Like these guys have fought with Masood in the eighties against the Soviets. Like I was like, sometimes I was like, I don't know what I'm going to teach you. Cause you have tank kills. Like you've <laughs> yeah. taken out a T7, you yeah. know, a, a Soviet tank. Like what the hell, like, what am I going to teach you? Like, you know, these hills, like the back of your hand, like I'm basically here to give you air support and like you sure. know, extra sure. ammunition. Yeah. And so, uh, were they, the, the Afghans you were embedded with, um, you know, uh, you said you trusted them enough to sleep on. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. were their tactics and their capabilities pretty good because the ones I worked with were no, they weren't very the best. The, they were the, the the so at company level, you know, it depended on the commander. You know, some dudes were like good with their soldiers, so their soldiers were better. Others just didn't give a shit. My the weapons company commander was my guy. Just took off. I don't. Remember, I don't remember his name, but the first sergeant was shit hot. He actually ended up becoming the sergeant major of like the the commando units, yeah. and he was amazing. First sergeant Sharina, I remember his name. The guy was an animal, just as short, but just like awesome, great guy, and uh, knew English, like learned English, and he was just awesome dude. And uh, he commanded his guys, uh, especially of the recon platoon, because weapons company they had uh, they were along the route. But then I ended up taking over recon platoon, so then we were punching more north into the valleys and stuff like that. Um, so they were just like, you know, there's some guys, some of the, you know, if, as long as they kept the checkpoints, that was fine, you know, like, and honestly it's, yeah, I mean, you're not dealing with like the highest caliber of fighters, you know, but at the same time though, when we got into shit, they were, they were pretty decent, yeah. you know, but it's, yeah, it was hit or miss, you know, and we trained them as much as best we can. I mean, we were like the, I don't know, maybe the third or third rotation, maybe fourth rotation of ETTs that had been through. So you're kind of like, you know, it's, it's they know kind of what's going on already. And, you know, some of them are for a paycheck. Some do want to get into it. Some, you know, our Terps were awesome. Our Terps were like better war fighters than, than the, the soldiers were. Those guys were like shit hot. Yeah. Um, they knew like, especially Bosser. Bosser like had been fighting since he was 17, um, took English classes. He'd been in the Korngal, been all over the place. He knew how to like call in air, like not call in air support, but basically if he needed to, he could get on the radio. Yeah. So like he knew how to drive Humvees, knew how to rock 50 cals and shit. Like, oh yeah. 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 Dude was pretty badass. He was a good dude. He's my, he was my age too. We were like 22 and he was 20. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, like, but um, yeah, yeah. Super experienced dude. And um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was working with them was, it was awesome experience, especially like hearing their stories. And then when we go on patrol and securing the Valley and seeing what did they want out of their country and stuff like that. And yeah, it was, uh, it was cool, especially the old timers that they threw their stories were awesome. In fact, the, the one company commander, there was some shady shit going on. I think he was running weapons because he always had better weapons than everybody, like brand new dishcos. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so, but it's, but they were kind of like, didn't punish him because he was like a really good company commander, yeah. but he'd also fought the Soviets. And then on top of that, like he knew everything. He was like, Oh yeah, that ridgeline. I remember him telling us one time, he goes, yep. Uh, I use that 
they're up there. And we're like, how do you know? He's like, cause I use that same path that's up there to fight the, fight the Russians. You're like, oh, all right. And yeah. he was right. And they were up there and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that's one thing you, I, I feel like there's this perception of the Russians fought over there like a really long time ago, but in the grand scheme of things, like oh, yeah. it, it was pretty much back to back that the Russians were over there in mass yep. uh, in the exact same areas. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, our valley was really cool. And there's so much history. Like I could talk hours about the history of Afghanistan, but like our valley, they never penetrated further than like, it was pretty long. It was like, I don't remember how many clicks it was, but it was, it was, it was like 30, 40 clicks, I think. And uh, they didn't get past and you, uh, the first like, opening the mouth of it. And there's these like AA guns or something that were up there and they're still there. And maybe not to this day, but they were there up when we were there, they had blown them out, the Mujahideen from the eighties and they could not penetrate the Valley because they controlled them. And, uh, it was, it was cool. So the Afghans, when we got to them in our Valley, they didn't know who we were. Like the, the Soviet war, they were like, yeah, something happened. And then we asked them what president was. It was like, it was actually, I think, pre-Soviet era. Like, they're like, oh, this is the president. And you're like, you're like 30 right. years behind, bud. And, and, <laughs> Carter. And, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and he was, you know, and whatever the, the Afghan president was. And we're like, holy shit. Like, and that's how remote things are. And and they just couldn't penetrate the valley. Like, and if, like I said, they took the high ground though. And they, if you don't have your routes cleared or if you don't, you know, they'll overrun them. And that was a big thing that the Russians ran into. We were a bit different with our tactics. Like, it's not like we're fighting the Afghan people. Like, I think Russians were a bit more, like they came into the, you know, into the country. And I think they ran into, I don't want to say more resistance, but like with us, it's like, you're not, fighting the populace, you're fighting the Taliban. And so like, yeah, there are IEDs on the roads, but they're not overrunning convoys, you know, that's like the, like the infamous one. I think it was like Russian era where it was like 300 vehicles long and they burned the, all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in the Tingay pass, like we even had that because it's not the, you know, the people aren't against us. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a completely different war than I Yeah. So, so did you have kind of broad mission objectives as far as like find the Taliban in this area yeah. and kill them? And so when we went on our combat mission, we ended up going into Uzbin and, uh, we, we built a road in and actually the, they were running weapons across the valley. So when we built that road in, we actually cut off uh, weapons and uh, supplies going into Kabul province, which like had a massive ripple effect. I didn't find that out till later. So like the, the, uh, the CIA, you know, like they, again, talked to my, when I talked to my team leader, you know, late, years later, he's like, yeah, this happened, this happened. Like all these agencies, like they're like, we had a massive effect of cutting off the supplies from that side. Yeah. yeah. Which was like, cool. That was like, oh, we were part of that. It wasn't sexy. Cause like we moved in and did it and we're like, all right, well, we're patrolling the Valley now, but that cut off, you know, the weapons routes going in. So they had to reroute. Yeah. And so, and cause that Valley had been largely untouched for even through the Soviet Afghan war. And in fact, nobody had been in it with the exception of like the Italians, which made like a deal with the Taliban that they wouldn't go in as long as they didn't fuck with them. Like wouldn't shoot at the Italians and the Italians wouldn't go after them. So they built like one school, then they just hunkered down in their fob. So that was it. That was the only people that had been in. And then the French went in cause it was a French AO and they got their shit kicked in and then they didn't want to go back into the Valley. So we ended up, going in the valley with them, but that was our valley. And yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was all in centric and in, into one specific place, massive in success from on the French side. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then you guys go in and what happened? So we got, we went in, there's actually a, a, there was a police AMP, the Afghan national police were right there. Like we, so we built a fob right next to them. And I remember we rolled up and there's like 30 dudes there and they're like, oh yeah, you coming to our Valley. We built our fob within a week. They were all gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, so you knew right away. We knew right away who was bad, who wasn't. And then they, what they did was our valley kept going, and it was one road in, and we got to the end of it, and it, it, actually it was the the day of that battle, and it, it, it but there's still homes that we never got to. So they, you know, they ran in and out of that valley into the next valley over into the next one, you know, across and stuff like that. And um, so those foothills, and I always, you know we always wanted to push in and do more of that, like patrol that, but we were so far out that if we did get hit, which we did, excuse me, at one point is like, our, your, your ass is hanging in the breeze. Like you're on your own. There's no QRF that's coming. No one's coming out the fob and driving through this. Like I said, different from Iraq where we had a whole map section on us within like 10 minutes, not yeah. even uh, ready to reinforce the companies running out of the fob. Like that happened in Iraq where like we got into a firefight and like tanks were involved. Uh, like the whole company just, shed it out. I mean, so you have backup within 10 minutes out there. You don't have anything. Your radio goes, that's it. It's you against the Taliban and no one knows about it. Like no one. And what type of air support? So we had, uh, Kiowas and like F-16s and all that stuff. What I'm saying is if your radio goes, that's it. Like there's no, no one's coming for you. And so, uh, so we always had to keep people at the base, you know, comms, again, comm plans, you know, if you don't report in at this point and all our checkpoints and stuff like that. But yeah, so we had a, we made a huge difference of cutting off the weapons supplies and weapons and supplies going into Kabul province at that time. And, uh, yeah, said what it was, it was just awesome. It was an awesome experience. And, uh, um, especially like going into every single village and like just how like huge it was. Like I said, it's like grandiose. You're just like, wow, this village has beef with this village and they haven't talked to each other in like years. And they're like two clicks away, (laughs) you know, they're like, and it's so it's wild. Like it's just a wild way to live. And, and you look at these terraces and they're like, well, this house has been around for like at least a hundred years, you know, like it's just, it's just a whole different world. Like you're just going, you're going back in time, you're going to another culture. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like Afghans, I I respect the culture just because they actually like adhere to their culture, you know, like they, you know, the way they, they do things. Whereas like Iraq, they're like Iraqis, they have this culture. And as soon as you get there, they're like, no, they don't. They're, you know, they're like Westernized. They have the oil, like they're not, you know, they're willing to, you know, do it, you know, do anything for like a dollar, but like Afghans have like honor and they have not, not shitting on all Iraqis, but, but like Afghans, it was way different. Like you, you know, there's an honor code. There's a way that things needed to be done. That elder was no shit respected in the village. Even the village wasn't big. Yeah. Which, yeah. They're not really willing to budge from their way of life. Yeah. And and the way that they've done things. Whereas like Iraq, you take over house, you give them a few bucks. They're like, all right, whatever. You know, like it's, it's, uh, it's, it was just different. It was Mm -hmm. way different. So, yeah. And so, you know, had a, had a awesome, you know, experience doing that and, uh, and then eventually getting attached to a special forces team and all that stuff. And yeah. So, so leading up to your battle, did, were you guys getting into it on a, on a regular cadence? Not really. So it wasn't like our sister team that was in like Korngal. They got into like 230 firefights. And yeah. Like, you know, we were jealous of that. But so was the um, enemy scouting you? Or, yes. Yeah. So we got rocketed. Um, we did, we got probed a few times. Um, we were like right on the cusp. Like I said, it was a long valley. And so we built on this plateau 
and we're like, all right, cool. We can see him. We would punch in every once in a while and then we would make contact. So on our patrols, we'd start pushing up the valley more and more. Um, there's a big firefight with the French that we end up QRFing and getting into it with them. Uh, I led a patrol up that ended up, uh, we, so we had to do though, it was such a complex to like go in further into the valley. Cause like I said, like once you get cut off, you're cut off. It's one mm-hmm. road in one road out. Like it takes one IED, take the vehicle out. You're on your own. Um, so we would have to do like a bounding method with like, uh, two, two sets of vehicles. So we had like, you know, first group would have like three vehicles, four vehicles, Humvees armed to the teeth. And then the second group would come in and we just bound. So meet up, cool meet up. So there was a midway point because that's right. how far it was. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So every time we did something like that, it was it to push further, further North. It was always a pain in the ass because yeah, I mean like, yeah, we could have just drove up with one truck, but then it was like, you're, you know, you're signing your, your death certificate if you did that, you know, especially on a regular basis. So we had to like really plan. Whereas it wasn't like, yeah, we just got, you know, and we, so we did patrol the Valley and the mountaintops and stuff around us and I always kept in taps with the, uh, the locals, but it wasn't as much action as like, say like, uh, Alice was, or, uh, uh like Corngall, like that nothing beats Corngall. And, um, or like down in helmet, I know helmet was super fucking hot back in the day. Um, so yeah, it was intermittent. It wasn't like every day we were getting into a firefighter. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Did you get the sense of that as you were kind of pushing deeper and deeper into yeah. this oh, valley? Yeah. You were like, ah, like yep. it, cause there, there's almost like this sixth sense about things generally. Like, yeah. did you kind of get the, the feeling that they were prepping for a larger attack? Yeah. So what happened was, is, um, we always kept pushing and pushing and they, you know, like us probing them basically. But like I said, logistically, like if, if we wanted to set up like a second fob, but like where we were going to stick it, we, if we can even get to that spot, we'd have to airlift stuff in. So it was like the coordination effort was going to be like another, right. another piece to it. And, um, we'd gotten our fob built out and, uh, yeah, it was, you would feel that definitely from every villager as soon as you go, kept going north and north and north. Like, they're like, okay, you don't belong here. You definitely, you know, we were getting all the, you know, chatter, like signals and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah. And uh, the special forces had like sources within, you know, in the area. And yeah, yeah you could tell that they were, they're kind of prepping for some, but they're kind of like, who's going to make that first move? You know, it's like, is it worth for us to attack them? Is it not? Because we were in like open ground. So if they, tried we were like it wasn't like keating or like corngall like we had the plateau it wasn't complete low ground but the the mountain was not super not super far away it was you know it was if they were shooting at us we had plenty of cover you know so it the, the spot we had was pretty pretty solid right so it wasn't like they were like all right like if they decide to do something it was going to be like it wasn't going to be good for them so they waited for us to leave the fob and do you know push north so that we're in their territories when when they decide to you know put up a fight and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And like I said, we just kept pushing further and further. And then up until, you know, we actually did a one on the other side of the Valley. We did a, uh, a uh, operation and cleared out a bunch of weapons, caches and stuff like that. That took them by surprise too. And they were like, again, they didn't, the, there hadn't been an American presence. So they were like wondering how far they would go. And it was a significant distance to get to other parts of the Valley. So they were like, oh, they probably won't patrol this far. And then one morning we'd show up and we'd be there and they'd be like, oh fuck. And there was one time, uh, it was on the on the west side of the valley. So in our valley, there's this mountain range that kind of like split it. So it went off into a Y. And we went, we were like, all right, we're going to do this one morning. So we took off, showed up, and it was fighting season. And we we get to this little tiny village and literally like all the 
you know, military age males all fucking like stand up and they're all over, like completely outnumber the villagers. Like you don't belong here. And so I walked up, uh, we had this, uh, Georgia team that had a captain with us. He was kind of like tagging along. So we go walking up and it was this weird, like, like wild west standoff. Like it was the only time in my career I would have been like, if we would just shot everybody without them being armed, I would have been okay with it (laughs) because you knew they were there to fight and they were wearing the fishing jackets where they, they put the ammo in, they were wearing black and blue and what, so, but we couldn't engage because they didn't have a weapon and they were ballsy. And that was the thing that, like you said, you have to like respect the enemy a little bit because it was kind of this mutual respect. I remember we like came up to each other and he like looked at me, we said a few words and he, and he like knew it. Like he had this smirk on his face, like you can't do anything, you know, like, and it was this thing we taught, we went back and forth. I just remember thinking, you know, it's like, man, we could light them all up, you know, and no, and everybody would have been fine with it. And they're all like hunched over looking and they, we had kind of disrupted them, you know, like, oh shit, they, they saw us, but they also knew our TTPs that or our SOP that we couldn't light them up. So they just, we just looked at each other. We, I can't remember what we said, but I remember told the translator, I was like, tell him this. I was like, we'll see you soon. And he like, he translated to him. He goes, and then we just turned around and like walked back and we, you know, cause we were, there's only like two or three vehicles. And they were like 30, 40 deep. So we were like, okay, you know, they didn't do anything that day. We went off to another side of the valley to check out because we were doing like a recon. So it wasn't like a move into contact thing they were trying to do. And they just stood there and just watched us the whole time as we just went to the, so they were even trying to pick a fight because it was like, they knew right away that we'd be bombing the shit out of them. So yeah, it was like, you could feel that. So it was like, it was crazy to come face to face with someone that I knew I was going to fight within the next few weeks. You know, it was, it was wild. And and do you think those are the guys that ended up attacking? hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Either they were, so we can dive into that too. So, um, yeah, yeah. I actually guarantee they were, they were there. Yeah. 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 And so was this a patrol you guys were on? Was it at... Yes. So, um, so the whole thing with the, the silver star battle, I received a silver star for was, um, I was attached to special forces 10th group. Um, we decided to push to the, to the very end of the Valley or sorry, not the end of the Valley, but to the end of the road. Like we're going to go all the way and do a key leader engagement and, um, go in and just talk with the elders, you know? And so it was, kind of a, I want to say like an op, like I hate saying it's an op because an operation seems like it's bigger. It's like, but it's bigger than like a patrol. So it's yeah. like in that in between, you yeah, know? Sure. And so we had, we're going to leave at like three 30 in the morning, get up there before daylight. So kind of surprise them. And then as much as you can surprise them at Humvees. And, uh, um, I remember we had the, the new ETT rotation, the combat virus coming to replace us were on their way. So this was towards the end of- This your, was towards the end. This yeah. was uh, end of July. And okay. so we got extended a month for the elections. So when they came to, re- we, so we were supposed to leave, I think it was beginning of August. So we ended up leaving at the beginning of September. So we were supposed to be, so they were coming in and we were staying an extra month. And uh, so, yeah, so we, uh, we we're going to do this, this patrol or- I don't know, like I said, I don't want to say it was an op. It was more of like a glorified patrol with special forces and all that stuff. And so um, we were waiting on them. It was kind of crazy. So there's all these like little details I always kind of remember. And we were waiting on them uh, 
to, to do this mission. And I was sitting there in my truck. I'm like, Hey, we got to go, like yeah. got to go. And my team leader was like, no, they'll be here. They're on the radio. It was the new rot- guys on the rotation that wanted to get on the patrol. And it was their first fucking patrol was this battle. And so, yeah. so there's this guy, uh, I found out later, Gunny Rogers. Uh, he's an E seven super good. So I ran into him years later, had a great conversation. Didn't even talk to this guy. He got in like a different truck. So, they show up like last minute, like absolute last minute. Like we were on the clock there. If they don't show up, we're gone. They show up like, grab your shit. Come on. Like we're fucking waiting on you. So we all get in the patrol. We punch up all the way North, like go all the way this time. And I I wish I could look at the map. It was like probably like 30 odd, some clicks or something like that. And, uh, we get to the end and sun's rising up, got pictures and all that stuff. Like I, you know, it's, uh, it's, Picturesque. Yeah, it's picturesque. And I I took a ton of photos. We all did because we'd never been at that part of the valley. So we were taking photos like for like, oh, this is cool. But then we would, oh, these guys are here and these guys are here. And so we're kind of doing that tourist thing, but also like glass and everybody like, okay, we'll run their faces later in a database. And, you know, and here's the homes that are out there and stuff like that. So uh, we were doing that and um, sat down and uh, Doug Vose had joined the, uh, he was a special forces chief warrant and he had joined the team uh, about two weeks prior to that. He was off doing some training and I can't remember where, like in Germany or something and, and joined the team. And I met him and I was like, Oh, nice to meet you. He was quiet, dude. And he was like, Oh, cool. Nice to have you on the team. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. And um, so um, he was there doing the key leader engagement. I was there with my recon platoon or recon squad. I should say it was about, about a, uh, I think it was like 12 or 13 of my Afghans and, uh, first Sergeant Sharina, he was there. And, um, and so we sat down, you know, uh, talked with the elders, looked at, you know, we're looking at the military age males. One guy came up to us, was like, Hey, Hey, uh, I'm Afghan national police. We're like, Oh, cool. He has ID. We took a picture of the ID and all this shit. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, so they were pretty cordial, like pretty friendly, brought out the tea. We, you know, drank tea, drank a shitload of tea that deployment. Um, and like, okay, cool. It's, you know, right. That's fine. We got our, you know, kind of our Intel got, you know, so we start heading South and, um, Vose wanted to, uh, do like a, a, a side patrol. Basically he was like, Hey, let's do a patrol and we'll take the riverbeds. And then you guys will take the road. Cause there's just one road in one road out and we'll parallel and, uh, all and, mounted, yeah, all mounted. So yeah. no, well we went dismounted. So we okay. went dismounted. They were going to stay mounted on the road. And then if anything happened, they would come get us or whatever. Yeah. Well, like right away again, terrain completely separate us. So we, uh, and also vehicles move way faster. So we were like, all right, we'll meet you at this Valley. You guys start the key engagement. We'll patrol. And, you know, cause it was like I said, it was a bigger patrol. So we're like, you guys take the key leader engagement and then we'll, meet up with you guys after you're done or yeah. to the next bit, you know, whatever. So, uh, we, we get off and, you know, we're doing big boy rule stuff. So like we get these new Marines on the ETT, you know, and I'm like, I jump off, I'm wearing ball caps a lot of the time. And, uh, and so I hop off and I, we're like, all right, cool. My buddy Shuey takes lead on patrol. And I look back and I left my helmet. I'm like, all right. I look back and I'm like, all right, we'll grab my helmet. <laughs> so like last second, I would like grab my helmet, threw my helmet on. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, so we started the patrol out. It was, uh, it's a terp. He was five special forces dudes, myself, Gunny Rogers, and about 12, 11, 12 Afghans, maybe yeah. 13. And, um, so we go on this patrol 
and go into the riverbed and start patrolling. And immediately, like we get hit over the radio, you guys are about to get hit. Like, you know, to let you know. From like, the mounted patrol? From the mounted patrol. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it was further south. So the mounted patrol, or sorry, there was a, there's a kind of a, not a blocking position, but there's a position that was further south, kind of at the entrance of where we were. And, um, they were like, Hey, villagers came up to us, said, you guys are about to get fucking hit. And we're like, Oh, okay. Like we're ready. You know, we're, we're all ready for it. We'd been in firefights before. It was a pretty experienced crew, crew of guys. And, um, I'm like, all right, you know, that's cool. And so we were getting ready for that and then kept coming over the radio get ready. Like, Hey, they're, they're really, they're maneuvering and we don't see anything because we're in a riverbed. We're looking everywhere. We're, we're, you know, always observing like, okay, what the fuck's going to happen? So we keep moving, lose complete contact with the mobile element, like mounted and of they're, course. they're gone obviously. Cause they're moving faster. And, yeah. yeah. So how are they, how are they knowing that they're maneuvering? Somebody just walked up and talked to them. Like, so a village, like a, a villagers came up to my buddies and we're like, your guys are going to get hit. You guys are like, we know the people in the valley. Do you think it was because you guys decided to dismount and do this patrol? Yeah, that they it was because like- we were like, now we were pushing in more into like the center because yeah. we're always on the side of the mountain, you know, with this patrol. And it was like village, but there's a village you couldn't even get to unless you went to like, you went dismounted. Yeah. So then here, I'll tell you too at the end how, why it got so crazy. So um, we're like, okay. I told my Afghans that we had this young kid. I don't know how old he was, but like, I looked at him and we had this, you know, we did this to say flip off safe with the AK, you know, flip it down. Yeah. So I looked down and went, yeah, and he, right. his eyes just lit up. Like, he's like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like, so I remember that we all clicked our safes off and we're like, okay, okay. We're, you know, so we're patrolling in this riverbed and there's vegetation, like the trees in the riverbed kind of overgrow. So it's like, it almost makes like a canopy. Yeah. And then, um, so we're, we're patrolling and my buddy Shuey is a special forces, uh, um, weapon sergeant. And I remember, you know, we, we, he stops and then we just, he get, takes a knee by, you know, just chilling out. And I, I stopped next to a tree and he's looking back at me. He's like saying something. I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know? And he's like, uh, He's like, I think I hear something. I think I hear something, you know? And I'm like, okay. And I stop. And all I hear is, you know, Alec Akbar. And they just fucking open up on us. Machine guns, AKs, the whole gamut. So everything just starts ripping up everything. Da-da-da-da-da. All through the trees. They're and on the like sides of yeah, the river. Yeah, they're bank. in front of us, like on on like at the high ground. And they're just fucking shooting down straight at us. Like bullets kicking up all over us. I end up uh taking shrapnel to my face and like a bullet hit the tree and then shattered and then fucking went into my, cut the side of my face, almost punctured out my eye and took shrapnel all up in my eye and like all in my nose, all that shit. Super lucky. Like that's why you wear eye Right prom. off the bat. Right off the bat. Opening, opening ambush. I, I got wounded. Yeah. Right out the gate. Stove all behind me got hit in the leg. So all this is going off. And since the, the canopy, they could kind of see our patrol. So they were shooting blindly at us kind of like they knew where we were like, so they could kind of point pinpoint, but they were also just, just, they knew exactly, not knew exactly where we were, but they were just laying into us. And so I run over to Stovall, had again, funny shit. Like I whip out my K bar, which is like 
don't do that. <laughs> you know, so it's like funny shit. It's like stuff you remember. Like I started like getting like, oh, I gotta rip this open. So I'm like, and he's sitting there. He's like, don't cut my fucking leg. And he's an 18 Delta. So he's, I'm cutting it, cutting it open. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry. You know, so I, yeah. I cut it and I get them all patched up. And he's like, why the fuck are you like cutting my, <laughs> like take? And I did, I had like, you know, a, a medical scissors. And I was like, I could just use that. But I did, I got all excited. And I like ripped the K-bar off like, my chest. I'm a Marine. Like, yeah, I'm a Marine. <laughs> got my k So I started like cutting his clothes off. Like could have easily just cut them open because it was like new. So it was like fucking sharp. And so, uh, yeah, I remember passion. We were, again, you're in a, in a firefight. I started laughing. Like we started laughing, you know, like I, he started, yeah. la I started laughing <laughs> like, okay, this is stupid. Like slow down, take your time. So I patched him up and then, uh, we returned fire and then we started maneuvering up to like, uh, out of the riverbed to take, you know, a better high ground. And you still don't have comms with the main No, because element. our line of sight's out. Yeah. So um, we're kind of sporadic. So they have no idea what's going on with Well, they guys. heard the fire. They Out, like, outside yeah, of- Yeah, your, the machine guns all yep. fucking light up. So they know we got hit. And um, yeah, so we return fire and do all this stuff. And then I, they're like, hey, we got to bound to the, to the top of this like- to the top of the riverbed. And like, if you, in Afghanistan, they have these terraces. So it's like, I think you guys probably ran into them too, but they, they like, it kind of shears up like, you know, and like, you know, it's like a giant hill per se, yeah. but it's, it's much steeper. Yep. So we are bounding up on this trail. I remember, I won't forget this. I was like bounding, like, oh, I look bounding, bounding. And the canopy, like I said, it's kind of like giving us some cover. And I remember they were like, we bounded up. And then the SF guys bounded past me, right? I'm like, oh, cool. They're going to go, you know, break and clear the, the cover. They stop like right before, right before you break cover. And I literally like, and they stop ahead of me. And it was actually, Vo, I think it was Vose. And he looks at me and, I, and you know, guess whose turn it is? <laughs> yeah. It's my turn. It's yours, It's buddy. my turn. Yeah. And he looks at me and he kind of like smirks a little bit. And I was like, and I, you know, I, I was going to do it. I was gonna be like, motherfucker, you know, but in my breath, I was like, you motherfuckers, yeah. you know? So, you know, so I, I burst through, um, we're still taking a little bit of fire, you know, return fire again, but it's like, uh, I think our initial volley back at them kind of like slowed them out, down a little bit. Like, I think it was, like I said, it's a, it's something that we were trained to do in sniper school seem bigger than what you are. So as soon as we hit, we let loose with everything that we had, you know? So just to like give that psychological effect that we're, we're fucking right. throwing everything at you. So we get up. Did have you have you seen any of them? Do you have any idea about how large this enemy force is at no, this point? No, we're not. No, and that's the thing too is they're they're hitting us from positions that are already dug in. So you're still mostly fight fighting blind. Yeah, fighting blind. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we were in the like I said, especially in that initial ambush, they yeah. the cover that was going on, which helped save us, but also blocked our view too. Um, we got up. I got up onto the ridge. Got everybody up onto the ridge. We hunker down, get a security, like, all right, cool. And then we started spotting dudes. And that's when we started lighting them up. And so, like, I remember scoped one dude, not proud of this, got excited, pulled the trigger, fucking hit by his foot. So he comes around the corner, like, on this finger, like, maybe 50, 50 yards in front of us or maybe 100. And I'm, I'm glass, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, scanning the area, and I see him come around. He is completely unaware that we had gotten out of the riverbed fucking 18 dudes. Yeah. And he comes, I remember seeing his face, like comes around the corner and he just went, Oh fuck. And like turn around and tried running away. And I shot, pulled the shot, hit his by his foot. I go on for the second and he's like right in my sights. Boom. One of the rifle rounds hits him. The whole line of everybody is, it's just like a, 
turkey shoot or like a turkey shoot. She just fucking got ripped apart. <laughs> it's all yeah. the Afghans are shooting. Everyone's shooting at him. Boom, boom. You just finally fucking, seen yeah, finally seen people. Point. And that's something that I talked to my buddies, kind of sidebar that I talked to them in Cornwall. Like they got into over two hundred firefights. And I ever said, I was like, "Do you ever see?" He goes six times. Six times. He goes, I saw one person in Cornwall and he got into over 200 firefights because they all are shooting you from covered positions. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I saw that and we're like, oh shit. And we're seeing dudes maneuver on the ridge. This has happened a little bit later uh, with the dudes on the ridge. So we're taking fire. We're returning fire. We're kind of like, okay, we kind of have a good position. And then, so we were hit, getting hit from the North, the East and the South. And we're like, all right. We don't, we have the West still and the West is where the road's at. Yeah. So after things kind of settled down, um, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take my Afghans and I'm going to, you know, we're going to, we're secure the West side. So we don't get in fucking encircled. So, or at least get hit from the West without like anybody covering or having security. So go over there, me being a dumbass, still looking to the East and the West. Cause that's where the fires still kind of come from or there. So I had gone over and they were still kind of like engaging guys here and there. And uh, I remember one time when we were engaging before kind of calm, like a little lull, I see two guys running and it was, it was, I hated this. Like I had the new guys, these new ETT guys. Well, they're running to a firing, to a fighting position. They are not armed. And this is where the ROEs and stuff like the political culture of the right. Marine Corps comes into play. And you're like, obviously anybody that is in this area yeah. right now is yeah. part of this. Yeah. And what I hated about that decision, I didn't engage. And the only reason I didn't engage was because that one guy that came on patrol with me, he was from the new ETT. And I did not know what his thoughts were going to be, or if he was going to like rat me, not even like say rat me out, but be like, he shot guys that were unarmed. You know what I mean? And yeah. even though we knew they're running to a fighting position, we got hit from that fighting position. I had them in my, but it was just that thing. We don't want to get thrown into Leavenworth. You know, like I got this far and now some dude that just fucking got here today is going to like, blow me up. And that's, and I hated that making that, but I knew at the time it was the right decision. You know, like, Hey, they know they're, you know, and they started hitting us. So we started engaging the position anyways, but it was just one of those things. You had to make a call, come to find out later. Guy was an awesome dude. I could have engaged him and stuff, but I didn't know who he was. And that's that type of thing we can talk about later of the rules of engagement and the stress that you put on Marines and infantry when you're trying to fight the enemy, but at the same time, you're willing to drop the ball on them and send them to Leavenworth for fucking, you know, you know, that type of shit. So that happened in, in, while that was going on. And so, um, how far away are you from the mounted element at this point? Oh, far. Like they, I don't even know where they're at. Like a they're, couple clicks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah they're complete. So you have a ton of ground to cover yes, to ton. get back to any remote yep. safety. And also too, we're, our asses are hanging in the breeze. We are on these terraces that are wide open. We have the, not the low ground, but we are exposed to everything. And the other thing too, like I said, before I pulled that security, um, we, like I said, we were engaging dudes and that's where I got my two kills is like, I saw them, they were running and it was pop, pop and dropped them because they were booking away from us, but they had weapons. So that time I engaged. And so like, everything's just happening all at once. We're fire, you know, shooting at other positions. We know we're getting hit from again, you can't see them, but you know, they're there. You're kind of taking that fire in like that yeah. direction they were over there. So once there was a bit of a lull after I engaged those two guys and we engaged some others and all stuff was happening, we're like, okay, cool. It's a bit of a lull. I'll take the the east side. I'm sorry, the west side to 
go and kind of secure the area. So I go over and do that, take my Afghans. So, you know, we're kind of intermittently taking pop shots at this point. We kind of pushed them back, like took them by surprise, like kind of hit them. And they were like, oh shit, they backed off a little bit. Well, then I get over to the West side. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm looking to the East, North, South, kind of taking some shots. Not a big deal. You know, we're like, okay, everything's fine. And then that's when I fucking get hit with a machine gun. Like I'm so... All I remember is I thought I got hit with an RPG because everything went black. Like I remember it was an explosion and it went black. And I, next thing I knew, I took off running down the, down this rock wall. I had taken shrapnel right above my jugular, like right into my neck, took shrapnel all into my forearm. And then I ended up finding out later when I was in the shower, I took another graze, bullet graze right above my femoral. Jesus. Yeah. And I remember... I took off running. It was all just like you, everything happened so fast. But at the same time, I remember everything I thought to myself as I was running. Like I did, I like, I could like just everything, like everything happens in like it's middle seconds, but at the same time, it feels like forever. So I'm running like down. And I remember the bullets are kicking up next to me. I mentally, I'm checking my, my neck. Like I could be like, okay, like it, like I don't feel blood shooting out of my neck. I just, it's on fire though. Yeah. Like my neck is on fire. My arm's on fire. I didn't feel this graze and I'm running. And I remember all I could, I remember telling myself, you're not fucking dead yet. So keep fucking fighting. <laughs> and that, that's exactly what I remember thinking to myself to this day. That's exactly what went through my head. And so I'm running, running across this rock wall or not across, sorry, like paralleling it. And I'm just pow, pow everything's fucking just going up all around me. And I remember seeing one of my older Afghans. He was like one of my sniper, uh, snipers, my DDM. And he's looking at me. He's just going, God, yeah. <laughs> just like come to me. And, uh, and all of this is probably happening you oh, know, it's in, like, in slow motion oh, yeah, in yeah. your head. Yep. Yeah, and the thing was, was like, of I remember second. calculating in my head, the rock wall, if I stopped and tried jumping, I wouldn't make it with all my gear. So I was like, I remember, like the, the path started getting a little higher and the rock wall is the same height. So it's like, I remember at a certain point, I'm like, okay, this is where I jump. And I, and that's what happened. So I literally, I kept running, kept running. And I remember seeing, I just rolled, like did a leap, everything I had to get my whole kit and me over the rock wall to get behind some cover. And so that happened, return fire. And that's when all hell broke loose. That's where we started getting slammed from every fucking direction. And we got, we got, uh, surrounded. So, taking fire from the West side. I'm engaging with my M14 from like these buildings, again, putting down cover fire, anything that we can do just to keep their heads down. And it becomes like, you know, everybody thinks like it's Black Hawk down where we're seeing people pop up on roofs and you're dropping them and shit. It's not yeah. like, I'm sure you've been that same, you know, I don't know, you know, you might be in that same situation. It's like, you're just returning fire to keep the heads down. It's like, it's almost like psychological pulling back and forth. You get shot out, you stick your head down. You're So you're going back and forth and engaging these areas and we're just getting hit from all sides. So, I go through the, you know, go back down and I look up and I see, yeah, I check my, I check myself. I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, I'm, I'm alive. Everything's, you know, like I'm not, ble again, not bleeding out. Because yeah. the, the medic has already been hit. No, no. So the medic, had, it was a different, uh, the medic didn't get hit. It was a, one of the, it was a, the chief, uh, um, sorry, the chief warrant got hit. Eventually gotcha. he does. So I, I haven't got to that point yet. So they're battling it out on their side too. So it's like things that like I've, you know, we've talked to over the years that like you're unaware of, like I'm in my world, they're in theirs. And sure. those guys are engaging as well. And like I said, all hell breaks loose. And so um, I look up and I see Gunny Rogers 
And I'm like, fuck, he's dead. Like he's face down. And immediately like, I'm going to have to go get his body and bring him back and, or bring him over the rock wall. And the other thing too, is like, they can't let him take their, his body. Cause he's in the middle of like a, not a rice paddy thing, but it was like these, uh, it's where they did their farming. It was wet. And so it was like, there's water down. It was, ugh. so and it was these terraces that kind of dropped and stuff. And I remember looking at him like, fuck, he's, he's dead. Like, I'm going to have to go get his body because if we leave him there, which I'm not going to do, they're going to take his fucking body. Mm-hmm. And because we're surrounded, we have, we're cut off. So everything's going through my head. And so I shout for him twice, no answer. And I was like, all right, one more time. I'll call for him, call for him. He answers. I was like, oh my God, like, dude, <laughs> like, you know, like, thank God he's alive. And, but what he does, he just hit the deck. And like, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to speak for him. I've only, I've talked to him once after and, but you know, I haven't heard from him since, you know, he's not on Facebook or anything. And, um, I don't want to speak for him, but like, I think he was playing dead. Like he was just like, cause he was just laying there. There's no right. cover. It wasn't like, he was like, oh, behind the mount. I mean, it was, there's nothing. And, uh, so I call him, Hey, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to give you cover fire on three run, you know? So I return fire giving him cover fire. He starts to zigzag, <laughs> the infantry zigzag and uh, he jumps on the rock wall. And this is the part where I knew was too tall. So I literally, I had to, I mean, like shooting at dudes that are up in the, in the buildings and he jumps fucking gets stuck. So I have to grab him and I'm fucking firing with one arm and pulling him over with the other, like just to like pop, 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 bringing him over. And then, uh, reloaded everything. I was like, how are you doing? Are you okay? You hit? And he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know? And, and, um, my, again, worst case scenario, my fucking radio antenna. Cause I thought I'd be high speed. That fucking patrol stuck it like an asshole. Like the SF guys do on my back, my M biter. Yeah. So it's like this. And it's like an M biter is a radio. And I, you know, and the antenna sticks out like this, get fucking got ripped out. It's gone. So my sat's gone or my line of sight's gone and my fucking sat's gone. It's like, awesome. That's cool. So you're completely surrounded with no comms. Exactly. And you got to fight your way out of this. Worst fucking case scenario. So, uh, I set him up. I'm like, Hey, cool. You good? And you know, he, I was like, check my neck. And you know, again, I'm like, check my neck, like make sure I'm not bleeding out. And I was like, okay, we got to get our comms up. We got to, you know, I'll, you know, so we're just all kind of not even war gaming, but we're just talking to each other. And again, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were kind of like, okay, we gotta, you set up security over here. I'll set up over here. And, um, all next thing I hear is man down. And that's from the SF guys. So I hear man down, like just a blood curdling screech of man down. And I hear it again. And I shout back. I'm like, how bad is it? So to preface this, um, on the advisor teams, I had a really awesome corpsman, um, Doxy. He trained us on like, I mean, everything. So we carried around, we had to do everything on the embedded trainer teams. So we were really good at fucking medical. Like we we're, I won't say we we're just as good as, as Corman were, but we were really fucking good. Like we could do, you know, chest dressings. We could do, you know, amputate or not amputations, but like blown off limbs, all that stuff. At least something that we could take care of sucking chest wounds. And, um, so we always carried a medical satchel on us. So we had like everything. And so like, all right, you know, I shout back to him. I say, Hey, what's uh, you know, how bad is it? And he just keeps screaming yeah. man down. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, like fucking, Hey, I took, I told him, worked over to Gunny. I was like, hold the fucking West side. I got to go check this or not check it out, but I'm going to go, go run over to him. So I take off running and like, again, like I'm running across these, it's, I remember being wet and it's again, like ass is hanging out in the fucking open running across. It was probably maybe like a 50 yard run, maybe longer. And, um, 
I jumped down. I remember jumping down like three, four feet, like doing like a leap down and then, you know, kept moving. Got to him. Come to find out later, my buddy Shumi, Shui saw me running and doing that shit. And like, you're so zoned in. And so like, I need to get to him. He was like, dude, I fucking saw you running. And there's fucking rounds and bullets kicking up all around you. And I'm like, you, I, like, I didn't know. Like, I just, you're just so zoned in. Yeah. And he's so, it was, I shouldn't say it was cool doing the after action when we all sat down and kind of hung out together that night. And we're like, what happened? So we were asking, you know, hey, what happened? You know, and he told me, he was like, dude, you were just fucking tracers and bullets were fucking flying all around you. And I was like. You didn't hear anything. You nothing, didn't see nothing. anything. Just That's totally it. focused. Totally focused. Got to get to him. Got to get to him. Gotta, no matter what happens, I have to get to him. And uh, so, yeah, so I run across, you know, and um, get to him. <clears throat> and my, you know, Justin, God bless him. He was, that was like his friend. So he went into like, just shock. Like, you know, um, it was his, you know, one of his good friends that just got shot and he got shot kind of like higher and it looked like a sucking chest wound, but it, the way it angled and hit, like later on, we found out like there, unless we could get him to uh, a hospital, he, you know, he could have lived, but there's nothing we could do for him out there. But that's kind of like, that's like a side note. Um, and so we found that out later, but I got to him, the 18 Delta, the SF medic, they were all engaged. They were like within grenade throwing distance. So they were throwing grenades. They were engaging back and forth. I was engaging up on the ridge and I was back to where we were actually, cause they hadn't moved and he had gotten hit and it, there's a rock wall and there was a kind of like a lip and then it went out and it dropped down. He got hit on that lip. So I jump over the rock wall, which would be protection essentially. And it's just, it's like, I see it. I remember seeing him, seeing Justin. I talked to Justin and Justin's like kind of in a panic, you know, God, like I said, not, not, to, to, you know, yeah, his, best friend just, his, his best friend just got hit. Yeah. He's in shock. And I remember I, I, you know, he's like, he's hit, he's hit, he's hit. And, you know, I look at him and I'm, I'm looking and he's a commo sergeant. So I look at him, I grab him. I said, Hey, Justin, get us on comms, get us air support, get us out of here. Like I need you. He goes, okay. Okay. It's like, give someone a task, give him a task. Yeah. His task is to get back on the radio, get a, get our, get our support. And, um, so I said, I'll handle those. I have them. Don't worry. He goes, okay. So he went, started getting on comms, started to raise comms and stuff like that. I go back to Vos and I can just feel the fucking air pressure around me. Just, just every bullet just going by because it's, you're, like I said, your ass is hanging out in the open. And he was like, yeah, I remember he was the way even like those lane was like on a rock that just like was just open to the world. Mm -hmm. And so I started working on him right there. Like I was like, I got to get to him. So I immediately cut off his chest rig and I could just feel the bullets kicking up all around me. You could kind of see him like kick like right next to me. I was like, fuck. But again, like I remember that stress and I remember that the, the, like the overpressure of like the air coming by me, but at the same time, I'm like, I just have to fucking do this. And so I started working on him, patching him up, returning fire at the same time, engaging. They were probably within like 25 yards or so. You know, like even with like the next, I don't want to say it's a ridge. It was like the next finger over was like just right there. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, that's a hundred yards, 200 yards away. It yeah. was like right fucking there, yeah. you know, especially in that terrain. And uh, they were kind of hitting us from the North, so, like all directions. And then, um, so I started working on them, patching them up. And 
returning fire back and forth, back and forth. And at one point it got so bad that like, I just needed to get them off of me. So there's about an area that was about 10, 15 yards away that I knew I was taking fire from. And so I just pulled out my pistol and just started fucking lighting them up with my pistol just to like, just to put down anything I could. I started running black on ammo. In fact, my M14 had run out. That's why. So I grabbed my, my, my M9, the shittiest fucking weapon on the planet (laughs) that never shot by the way. Like we had shot maybe a hand, not even a handful of times, but not, never in a qual. Like not even called. Like I, all I knew is you had to flip off the fucking switch and then squeeze the trigger. Like, that's it. Like, that's all I knew. And, um, so I'm engaging with that. So I have my hand on his, on his chest doing a sucking chest wound and then engaging with my nine mil. And at the same time I knew they were closing in. So that's where, like, I knew that I was going to die with them and, or, you know, they're not taking his body. Cause they're, I mean, that was huge back in the day. If you could get a body of an American or a body of a NATO force, it was like huge, you know, especially psychological warfare. Yeah. Cause you saw yeah. what they did and yeah. the bodies from operation red wing. And yeah. It's well, Iraq, the, the, like uh, they not, you know, they would take guys like the news reporters and cut, the, like we've seen all the videos and cutting their throats and cutting their heads off. Yeah. Like we're not going down like that. And especially you don't leave anybody behind. And in my own head, it was like, not only leaving them behind, if I need to die here, then I'm going to die here, but we're going to die here in a pile of brass together. Like that was, that was it for me. That was everything. And so I, he was, that was, I was working on him. So I'm engaging with my pistol. Again, I wouldn't want to say it's a lull, you know, like, but there again, it's it, some, you know, you're I'm shooting back and forth and finally like they take cover wherever the fuck holster it. And the worst part was, was his, he started getting better and that was sucked because I could see the life in his eyes come back. I remember him taking a breath and being like, and like his eyes came back. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, awesome. He's going to fucking make it like he could make it, you know, but worst case scenario. No comms were cut off. The only way isn't by air. The fucking vehicles ain't going to get here. And that's kind of like the bigger picture was they hit the convoy that we were on. Or I shouldn't say convoy, but yeah, the, the next patrol element, the mounted, they started slamming them. So like I said, I'll, I'll kind of tell you why everything happened um, in the end here. And uh, so that happens, you know, I was like, fuck, okay, he can make it. He can make it. He can make it. Um we're still taking rounds. Uh, the 18 Delta finally comes over. Again, I shouldn't say finally. He was, you know, they were fucking in their own like 10, 15 but, but meter this battle. this is an eternity. Yeah, it's an head. eternity. Like it feels forever. He comes over, me and him start working on them together, but we finally pick up his body and move it, you know, into cover. <laughs> so yeah. like the rock, the rock wall right behind us, we find like, hey, we got to move it. At the same time, I'm engaging Again, so I pick up his saw. So he was carrying a, a squad automatic weapon, the 18 Delta was. So I pick up his saw and I start engaging with the saw just to give us some more cover and so that he can work on them. So I'm engaging and doing that, bring our shit back over the rock wall, um, grab Vose's M4. So I'm like ready to use his M4 then too. So I was like, we're lined up, we're working on him. We kind of, we had kind of beat them back enough to we can start working. And then we kind of close the perimeter a little bit where now our guys are engaging and me and him. So me and the 18 Delta are working on Vos, getting a vein in, getting an IV in, all this shit. You know, I'm still aware of what's going on. And I just remember we we're working on, working on, then he's like, the life started coming back out of him. And that was like the worst part was we needed, like, it was just, we di- didn't have the time. Like we we need to get him to the hospital. And that yeah. was, we need to get him the medevac and we couldn't get the medevac in. So, uh, I remember we kept working on, working on him. And I was just like, 
you know, and we're like, fuck. And, you know, you don't quit, especially on anybody. Like that's the number one rule, especially like, at least we were trained the teacher will see you never stop working on until on anybody at any time until that bird comes in. So you keep doing CPR, you keep doing, you keep working IVs. Like we got the IV, we we're putting anything we could just in case there's a miracle or something that happens. Yeah. And, um, I remember looking up and we were working on them. I look up and there's another like hill and I see two fucking like Taliban running up the hill to the next fighting position. I mean this, like I could see it. Like it's like they get to that fighting position. Like, and I was about to grab my rifle. I'm going to engage him, but I look up and I it, like all oh, it's processing in my head right away. It's like, yeah. they're going to get to that. And it's going to get fucking rained down on us. And I remember I look up and I see him and I, was, and I just thought to myself, I, I was like, this is going to be a long fucking day. And immediately, as soon as I thought that, I fucking see two rockets go, bam, bam, light these dudes up, blow them apart and go, and a fucking gun run goes right up. Oh my I'm God. like, holy shit. And I look up, it's like out of a fucking movie. I've, since that day, I've said this, it's like out of a fucking movie, a Kiowa comes screaming in and just fucking circles us and starts, just starts like lighting up positions. And it's like, yeah, like I said, it's out of a fucking movie. Like it was like, I remember thinking that and it was like, okay, I'm strapping in for a literally long, bad fucking day. And that just, boom. It was like, yeah. just like, Oh my God. Like the, the energy just came up. And, uh, so energy within a battle like that. And, uh, yeah. Do you feel like, uh, you were processing everything at like a whole nother level. Yeah. So as I'm listening to you go through this, um, e even now your, your recourse of this, um, you were, you were tunnel vision when you need to be. And then you were where and highly processing everything. Yeah. When you needed to. Yeah. And I think that was, and I, and I, it's, it's weird. So it's, it's one of those things where I've talked about this more recently with some friends. Um, we'll get, get back to the battle, but it, to that thing, to that point, I was on my third deployment, like within three years. So I don't want to say like, I got good at war, but I knew how to handle it. Like, and that mentality of like, I remember going over and it's like, this is it. If I die, I die. Like I accepted death. And that's like a whole nother conversation of like accepting sure. your mortality. Mm -hmm. Like death does, you know, like my wife asked me, she's like, do you scare? I was like, I'm not scared of death. Like it doesn't scare me. It is to me, it's the next journey. And, and, and when you're doing what we did, like I was completely committed. Like I didn't plan on coming back. If I didn't come back, I hope that I like, you know, died. At it. That was like our, our thing in the infantry. It was like, if you die, then die in a pile of brass, take everybody out as, as many guys as you can take them with you. And like, I took that to heart, like, and you're it never like, you can't be like, Oh God, I hope, I, you know, you can be like, Oh God, I hope I make it out. But like in those, in those moments and like, when you have to function at a high rate, like you said, to process all that yeah. stuff, like it was, it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't new to me, but it was, I had enough experience at that time that when that happened, like I was ready to die, but I was also like, we need to, this is what I need to do. I remembered my training. I remembered everything I had to do, you know, even with my radio shit out, like, you know, all that stuff. I, I remember my, you know, my medical training and, and to stay calm, even though I just got wounded twice in the same, you know, within, I don't know how long. And yeah, it's, it's, I always thought that like I was, I was processing it just because I had so much experience up to that point. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like going in, you're, that when that happens, it's, I don't want to say that you're ready, but like, it's like you, the more experience that you gain, the better that you perform. Yeah. With proper training and, yeah, and yeah, experience, with, yeah, exactly. like what 
what a human is truly capable exactly, of under yeah. extreme amounts of stress. Yes. I mean, if this was like my first deployment, like I don't, you know, I don't know how I would have handled it. Like, yeah. you know, it's like you just, everything that happens, you just get better and you learn from it. And so all my experiences that from my first to my second, to the, to all the training, everything came into that apex of a moment um, or into that battle. And uh, yeah, so that happened. The Kiowas came in, um, you know, they're engaging, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. I, you know, I start working on uh, bows again. And then uh, our, our element finally showed up. So the West side finally got closed off, you know, from getting fired at. They show up. Another funny thing, my buddy Gilbert, who's a corpsman, just like he was tunnel vision. So he like, he runs to us and I see him. And I'm like, awesome. You know, Gilbert's here. And uh, he jumps down and he like, you know, comes over, takes a knee like 10 yards away and just starts looking out. And I'm like, Gilbert. And he's like, Gilbert. And he's like, oh, 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 there you are. I'm like, dude, we're like, there's no, no brush. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, there's nothing in between us that you wouldn't see us. But he was so, he didn't even know we were there. And he was like 10 yards away. And he was like, oh, oh my God. So then he, they, he comes over. I was like, hop on with uh, uh, Stovall, who's the 18 Delta. I'm going to go fucking start returning fire again because we're still taking fire. Yeah. So medevac's coming in. So, all right, I, I hop on, I end up grabbing, I think I had a few bullets left in my M14 and I remember grabbing that and I, the other guys came some more, the embedded trainers came, my buddy Murphy, a few other guys and, uh, Justin got the medevac, got the comms out. Medevac's coming in. We're still taking fire. I was like, okay. I was like, we got to stop. So I gathered everybody up. I said, we, we can't let the bird get fucking hit, but we have to get this bird in. So I said, we gotta, we're going to coordinate and we're going to give cover fire to the birds when they come in. I said, we can't let them get shot down. So I was like, if they get shot down, we're all in a fucking world of hurt. Again, the reading, like it's all like, all this is processing because right. you'd known about lone survivor. We had known about other after actions. We had known about other things getting shot, like other helicopters getting shot down in the valleys. So I was like, we have to use it. So what I did is I took everybody, I showed them all the firing positions that we're taking fire from. So as soon as the, the birds started coming in, I coordinated a, a, a cover fire. So as soon as the first one came in, we started lighting everything up. The first bird does a mock. It was like a mock land. So it could, it could draw fire as well. So we were like coordinating with them. Yeah. So it came in, took off, took a little bit of fire. Then we really hit the fucking positions, started engaging all the uh, right. spots. That one came in and they landed. I mean, it was, there wasn't much of a space to land in. They land in. I remember looking back, they got those in and got them off. And we were still engaging, you know, all the, all the positions they were taking fire from. It's like, okay, coordinate that they get off. Come to find out later. I talked to my buddy, two RPGs fucking shot over the top of the, of the fucking bird that we were, that we were, that we're giving cover fire for him. So if we wouldn't have done the cover fire, they would have had a clean shot and would have fucking shut the bird down. So we mitigated the fact that a fucking Blackhawk would have went down about 30 yards behind me with, you know, God knows how many dudes on it. Plus, you know, our, our team, our Afghans, I mean, that would have been like catastrophic right. casualties in the middle of this battle. So get them on the bird. Another funny story, again, talking with Shuey, they're bringing Vos onto the bird. He tells me this. He said the, it must've been like an uh, SF dude or somebody that rides along with them, you know? So he hops out. He, he said he saw the dude hop out and he looked at his face as like, as they're bringing the gurney and he hops off, he goes, holy fuck. And just starts lighting. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. and again, like all these small stories like come together after right. of how big this thing was. And we're like in our own little contingent. 
you know, our own little silo, trying to stay alive, do what we have to do, get everybody out. No one gets left behind, you know? And so we, the bird takes off, gather everybody up, move back to the, move back to the road, walk back up to the road. I was last man on the battlefield. Same thing. I was like, Hey, everybody up, send them back. And so me and Shuey, like we're the last ones we bounded back together and we're the last ones out. And then we got to the trucks. I'm fucking shot up my black on ammo. It's completely gone now. Like the little minimum of ammunition I thought I didn't have, it's gone. Or, you know, I used for the cover fire. And switch over the M4203, which I wish I had the whole time because we set the M4s to full auto and I had like eight, nine mags and a grenade launcher would have been pretty sweet during that whole fucking time. Yeah. The M14 did well though. She held up and I, I got my, my first kills on that. So, and, um, and performed great. And, uh, um, yeah, so we hop in the vehicles and I'm just like, fuck it. It was great. Like you, I felt relieved, but at the same time we have to move back down the Valley. So I got into the truck and again, like the new ETT, they looked at me like, why are you wearing a helmet without a fucking, you know, without a cover on it, you know, that they were <laughs> given that fucking look. And I'm like, you, I just looked at him like, fuck you guys, yeah, you know, this is not yeah. important whatsoever. It, right exactly. Now. And they kind of like looked in was, yeah, it was a whole thing. And, um, so they moved down the Valley or so we all, sorry, we all moved down the Valley and, uh, we're taking pop shots. And my buddy who's front element is like, they're like, yeah, you're not taking friendly. <laughs> they're like, you're going to stay in the middle with yeah. us, but we're still taking fire. And they, they took, I shouldn't say the brunt of it, but they were taking RPGs and stuff as we moved back down the valley and then they returned fire and then we got back to the fob and that was it. And in the end, after we, again, we had like our silo, we knew what happened with us. Um, the, uh, found out the force was 75 plus Taliban that were coming down on us. We'd found out that Intel came back and said, yeah, they had had a key leader like high level Al Qaeda, Taliban, whatever the fuck meeting that week. So that week that we decided to do that patrol, all the high level commanders within the Taliban and like Al Qaeda, I can't remember what they were at that time, whatever the fuck they called them, were there in our valley, in that same, Damn. in that village. Yeah. So that's why it, so they had all their fighters and they basically wanted to flex. Yep. So they were like, these motherfuckers are in our territory and that's what, that's what caused it. And so all three elements, it was highly coordinated. All three elements got slammed. So that's why it took them so long to come get to us. The Southern element got blasted. The element, our mobile element got blasted. And then they were coming for us. That's why they, they summed out the for, most of their force to encircle and to try to take us, try to overrun us. And like I said, guys got within about 15, 20 yards or so. And we were just shooting back and forth, back and forth, you know, and then obviously... You know, either they, I know Stovall was doing grenades. I was doing M14 and pistol and, you know, just keep them off our backs. Just trying to fucking, and then I started working on bows the most and then Shuey was engaging. It was, yeah, it was crazy. So it was, so that all happened and uh, yeah, get back. And like I said, it was just that mentality of like, they got so close and it was, you know, like, and all the bullets kicking up around me. And the, the, just feeling that air pressure of just, of just rounds kicking around me. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. And, um, yeah, I didn't, you know, at the time, just my whole mentality was they're not taking, you know, they're not taking them. Like they're not, right. they're not taking the body. Oh. Yeah. So 
yeah. Anyway, so we ended up finding out, you know, the 75 plus fighters. Uh, we ended up killing uh, three top one of the, I think we ended up, what it was, it was like we killed three high value targets, like not knowing, like high level commanders. So like the SEALs, like, you know, JSOC came down, like CIA. They're like, so you just like took out three of our guys in our top list. So we have to reorganize. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it was like, like some funny shit like that. We're like, oh, we didn't try. Like we, yeah. you know, we didn't know. And, uh, but they were like, no, that's totally cool. But we ended up finding out like one of the commanders that were, you know, killed the, the Taliban commanders, like, had killed a Kiowa pilot. Like his men killed a Kiowa pilot. Like the, it was one of his friends got shot while they were on a mission. They knew who, who coordinated. And so it was like a, it was a big deal that we, you know, in that AO that we killed three of those guys. And yeah. Um, yeah. And so. Which was an AO that, you know, saw a lot more action in the future. Yeah. Um, but maybe a story for another day. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy. Or, yeah. Yeah, a little, little, little crazy. And uh, yeah, so then, like I said, we, you know, all the all the fighters came down, the, found out the intel with the commanders and, you know, found out from the stories that everybody else of like how how big of a scale this whole thing ended up right. being. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, that's, that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for, yeah. for, for getting into that. It's yeah. truly incredible story. And, um, you know, I'm super glad to have a, a human of your caliber. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. No, man. Me on. It was, it's been awesome. It's been great. Thank you so much. And we'll uh, we'll do this again sometime. Yeah.